Welcome to the Contra Stoic Podcast. In this series, guests will share their stories to help each of us broaden our perspective. Learning who they were, where they are, and what sparked their change can help us connect, see others for who they are, learn new ideas and ways to grow as we go through this journey we call life. Follow Conscious Stoic on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more info, go to ConsciousStoic.com. Enjoy this episode. Today we have one of my good friends, Claudia. Say your last name. Nakama. Yeah, no one knows how to say her last yeah, name. Yeah, no, never. Um, she is uh, very good at graphic design. Uh, she has a small business where she's doing graphic design on the side. She also, what do you do at ProStruct? I'm just the office administrator. She's not just the office administrator. I she handles all the back-end things. She handles all of the back-end plus social media forms. She's also an avid. You like to climb? I love climbing. What else do you like to do? Graphic design. We just said that. Give me something else. Graphic design, climbing, hiking, camping, anything outdoors. Fishing, spelunking. Spelunking, yes, I have been spelunking. Diving in some caves. Yes. Um... So uh, she is a, a very good person. I think, I hope I, at the end of this podcast, we find out you murdered six people and mm-hmm. then you're in your trunk during the podcast. You ever heard my story? Yeah, <laughs> we're about to find out. <laughs> um, she uh, is, is, since I've known her, she has put in a lot of effort to grow as an individual. And that's why I thought she'd be a great guest on this podcast series. So we're going to start off with the question. The question of the ages is, in about five minutes, uh, explain to everybody who Claudia is, who you were, and then uh, who you are now, and, and maybe a little bit of where you plan to go. Okay. I mean, those are loaded questions, Marcus. They are. Um, and it takes, you know, you didn't give me any prompts before this to even think about it, so it's all off the top of my head, but I think it's the best way to do it because... You know, I know my story and I know who I am, so I should be able to be genuine and authentic in these questions. And so I guess I'll just start off with kind of where uh, the origin of Claudia began. Um, I was born and raised in Virginia, and it was just me and my grandmother on my mom's side. And we lived on a farm, about 20 acres, and I rode horses. And what was going to happen was I was going to be, I wanted to be an Olympian equestrian rider, right? Um, I was always put up and above my age class because I was just beating all the other kids and they just wanted to put me in above, above the, that weight or weight class, but um, riding class as well as um, that's pretty much all I did. I went to school, I came home and I took care of the horses. I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning and do all of my chores, and I'm an only child, so mm-hmm. it's just me and my grandmother. And what happened to your What happened to your parents? So that's another loaded question. Um, I think like with my parents. So my mom and my dad met when they were living in California, where my grandparents on my dad's side live, and that'll get that'll come into the story later on. But my mom and my dad. They weren't together when I was born. They've never, they were never married. And I guess, and I've, I've been wanting to know a little bit more about my history between that. Um, but 
My mom and my grandmother on her side moved back to Virginia where they were originally from and had me. And my mom and my dad were never really parental figures in my life. And it's just this weird thing that because my mom always brings up to me, she's like, oh, this is how I raised you and like likes to take credit for certain things. And yet I have to hold my tongue because I know that she actually didn't raise me. And so, and my dad lived in California. So I'm not close with my dad this time when I'm a kid. Um, I'm not close to my grandparents on my father's side either. Like when I would see them or go on vacation with them, they were Paul and Jan. Gotcha. They weren't grandma. Grandpa, grandpa, yeah. grandpa, and grandma. Yeah, they weren't grandma and grandpa. But and my grandmother who raised me, she was mom. I never called her grandma. Um, and my mom was mommy, and that's how I distinguished the two. Gotcha. And so, living back in Virginia, uh, my I would like to think that I had a normal childhood. Um, I kind of grew up. Being an only child and being raised by a very independent woman, it was just kind of drilled in my head to be an independent woman and to not rely on anyone else and to just stick to, like, just keep going, you know? And all of a sudden, things started to get kind of shaky around eight or nine, and my grandmother, who had been raising me up until this point, who was my only parental figure that I'd ever had in my life, had learned that she had developed stage four lung cancer. And so, you know, after she passed away when I was nine, um, my mom, she tried to take care of me. And I'm nine years old and I'm taught self-reliance. So self-reliance is a huge part of my story and not relying on anyone else. And But when you're nine years old, you have to rely on other people. Of course. Um, and my mother wasn't there for me the way that she should have been, or the way that you would expect a mother to step up. For sure. And um, just started to void fill with animals and not taking care of those animals, not taking care of the animals that we had, the pastures, the horses, all of that, that stuff. And soon enough, I'm in fifth grade and I'm getting pulled into the counselor's office letting them know that they're going to be putting me in foster care. Like CPS was in the counseling room and told me that I was going to go to foster care. Because your mom was, uh, was neglecting you. Yeah, yeah. They started to pick up on stuff. They knew my grandmother had passed away. So they were, I think they were looking out for me mm-hmm. and just ended up just noticing things like my laundry wasn't getting done. Um, what was your grandpa at? So my, I've never met my grandpa on my mom's side. I've never... So your grandma was just raising you by herself. It was just me and my grandmother. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so when she passed away, kind of all hell broke loose a little bit. I think that like the family structure kind of dissipated as well. Because I wasn't close with the rest of the family either on my mom's side. So it was literally me, my grandma, and my mom. Gotcha. And so I was put into foster care for a few months. And that's where my grandparents, Paul and Jan, enter the picture. And they're so sweet. They, they take the time out to come to Virginia, fight for custody, get custody of me. And I move out to California when I was 10. Gotcha. 
And so I went to three schools in fifth grade. And um, so I was able to kind of manipulate myself into like being who you wanted me to be mm -hmm. so that I could fit in effect. the chameleon effect. Yeah. And so, and then after that, I like to think that my childhood was standard. Um, my mom, my grandma, and my grandpa, I, I finally was able to get to that place when I was like 11 to call them grandma and grandpa, but it took a while. You know, my dad is kind of in the picture, but at this point, you know, when you, somebody hasn't been in your life and they're supposed to be your dad, you don't really trust them. Uh -huh. And so that's a whole other thing because being adopted by my grandparents, my, my dad is at the same, like, same level of being a brother at this point. Um, but he's like, obviously my dad. So it's like a very, I don't know, I, I think it's just strange. And so, went to, moved to California, and I'll tell you the strangest thing that I ever thought when I moved to California was the fact that people would put garbage in trash bins and put the trash bins on the on the curb so that somebody could pick them up. Because I lived out in the boonies, so you so got to take out your own trash. We would take our trash to the county dump in the back of the jeep, <laughs> <laughs> so that it was a culture shock. Yeah, moving to the suburbs with neighbors. What part of Cali? Northern California, so East Bay. Okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, right over, probably like 45 minutes inland of San Francisco. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, I mean, after that it was kind of standard. My grandpa was super strict. My grandma is very, she follows a lot and doesn't really stick up for herself. And, um... So kind of grew up with that kind of authority figure and like they had they have high expectations for me and so if i'm not reaching those expectations i'm considered a failure or not doing good enough or not pushing myself hard enough or any of these things and yet i wasn't allowed to go out in high school like i didn't have i didn't go to parties i didn't really drink i never smoked weed i never did any of these like things that people would classify as normal going to high school yeah air quotes yeah for sure like very air quotey but um what you see in the movies you know and what you expected normal to be what i expect normal to be yeah i just always felt like an outlier mm -hmm. and um so my first reaction when college comes up right because like the expectation is to graduate high school graduate college get a good career be super rich you know work my ass off and then then travel and then you know, whatever comes after that. Die. Yeah. You, then you die. You, you just, yeah, you just disintegrate <laughs> into the universe, I guess. I don't know. Who good, knows? good life lived. Good life next lived. Next level. You, death. <laughs> you made it to the next level. Death. The next level. And then you just check off these boxes. Level one, check. Level two, check. You know, um, and so, <laughs> and so through all of that, um, I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to change myself when I go to college. And so I'm going to smoke so much weed, man. I was, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just like, my only thought was to not be a stick in the mud. Mm. What does that mean? What do you mean by stick in the mud? Just, I felt like my life was just so, just already planned out for me. Mm -hmm. And my life was a series of checkboxes. Mm. And that was what determined my success. 
right? So graduate high school, graduate college, like all of those check boxes, right? Um, but all of the stuff in between didn't matter as long as I got it done. But like my personality growing up in high school, I've had all of this past stuff happen and I didn't ever talk about it. So I have all of these feelings, all of these internal emotions, all of these different things going on in my head, and yet I'm not sharing it with anyone. I never went to go to see a therapist. I never went to do therapy. I never, I never did anything. Did you? I, did your grandpa and grandma were they like loving and talked about feelings and stuff like that? Never. Never talked about feelings. Never. No, my grandpa is a hardworking individual who is your is the kind of guy who doesn't share feelings. Uh Um, And my grandmother just kind of brushes things off. So nothing is ever really addressed in my house. Yeah, just just stuffed. Just stuffed. Just stuffed. Just stuffed. I'm gonna go to work and tell you what, ain't nothing gonna hurt me. Just stick it down deep in there. Yeah, exactly. Let it let it bubble up in anger. I'm just gonna die knowing all of this information and not share it, essentially. Mm you know um and it's just yeah with them yeah feelings aren't addressed and so i don't know how to do those things i don't know how to share my feelings i don't know how to i don't even know what the word vulnerable means at this point at this point in college college. well yeah leading up into college right um i guess i will share a little bit like in high school and like while stuffing all of these feelings down um, I got real. I was really angry, and one of my most like vivid memories in high school is I had made a promise to myself, and I remember like making this conscious decision to be angry for the rest of my life. Like I made this promise to myself that the world had fucked me over, my past had fucked me over. Why don't I have a white picket fence? Why don't I have two parents who love each other and who are together? Why don't I like have all of these like things that you would expect to have as a child, right? Um, and I didn't see my grandparents as that, even though I had that, uh-huh. right? Um, because I've always, I've always felt like I'm a stranger in my own home, always. What about in your own life? Yeah, sometimes. There have been times in my life where I've felt and that I'm just a passenger on the bus, you know, a passenger to my own life. I haven't ever, I've had glimpses of like feeling like I'm in control of it or feeling like I'm doing what I want to do, but I've always, I always grew up pleasing others. So, because I have, I have this feeling like if I don't do what you expect of me, you won't like me you won't accept me, Uh you know, you won't, you, you, the one person that I've ever 100% trusted in my entire life growing up who's molded me and been part of who I've become, your grandma, is my grandma, and she, my first grandma, um, and she, you could say, in, in the way that I was thinking, abandoned me, Uh which is not any of, nobody's fault, Right? I mean, maybe she would have smoked a little bit less cigarettes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But in reality, it's like, I always link that back to being, like, that fear of abandonment. Like, not being able to. So I've always done all of the things that I've ever done because of other people. Gotcha. 
So you didn't have your own identity at this point in your life. No. And so to answer your question, yeah, I've always felt like a passenger. I've always felt like I've never, and this is like, like college and before college and stuff, but, um, yeah, I've never, I never even thought about what would it be if I did what I wanted to do? Mm. What would I ever wanted? Like, I would never think of what makes me happy. I thought that everybody had their best interests out for me. So if that's what you want me to do, then I'm going to be happy. Um, or even deeper than that, I did everything you wanted me to do. Why am I not happy? Why am I not good enough? Mm-hmm. You know, um, always living, trying to live up to these expectations. But expectations are never going to be perfect, are never going to be always fulfilled. They're gray know? lines in the sand. Yeah. They're very blurry. Like, you can kind of tell there's a line there, but you're like, did I... Did I pass it? Did Am I there? Um, are you proud of me? Why doesn't this feel like I thought it was going to? Why do I not have that fulfillment? Uh-huh. Why do I Why do I not have that feeling that I thought I would have? An expectation of my own. 100%. Right? Um, and so I get into college. Not going to be a stick in the mud. What school know? did you go to? I went to ASU. So Arizona State. Arizona University. State. Yes. Go Sun Devils. All right, Arizona State High School is what I like to call it. Yeah, pretty much. I chose it because it was a party school. Exactly. That was the exact reason that I chose it. And I was far enough away from my grandparents that I didn't have to live under their own roof, but I was close enough to where I could fly home when I wanted to for holidays and stuff, Um, which later on I didn't even want to do. Gotcha. Right? And so I get to college, and I... um, I get to college and the first thing I, I'm out the gate, right? I'm doing everything that I thought a normal college student should be doing, you know? Um, but there's so much, in, and I, I pulled that from movies and TV. I let my life be run by what I saw in the media and what I saw being portrayed in different movies, right? And so, yeah, just right out the gate, you know, um, I just started to not pay attention to the reason why I was at college, which was to get a degree, work really hard, do my homework, show up to class. Like in my head, it sounds very simple, but it was so difficult for me to do because all I was worried about was becoming somebody who I wasn't in the past. Yeah. Opportunity to be yourself with quotation marks around that, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I just took partying way too hard. And um, soon enough, I was just neglecting all of those things that were, that enable you to get a college degree. You know? Did your grandparents pay for your school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had... Um, yeah, took advantage of that, right? Um, not a lot of people are fortunate to be able to have their college tuition paid for in full with no debt, and I threw it all away for freedom. For what I thought was freedom. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was just crazy. Um, I look back on it. And I'm, was such an asshole like my grandparents have been 
backing me for this entire time, and they still do. You know, our relationship has had its ups and downs, right? But um, in the end, I ended up failing out of college because I wasn't doing any of the things that are necessary to stay in college. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, in the beginning, talking about how not to be able to talk about feelings or vulnerability or trusting people, um, I didn't tell my grandparents. You hid it from them? Yeah. For how long? Until they caught me. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. They, um, <laughs> they, I was, oh, I made a rookie mistake. I, at this point, I'm doctoring my, my, uh, report cards and. Doing, Where are you living at? I'm living at an apartment complex right down the street from ASU. How are you affording that? My grandparents. Oh, because they were paying your... My grandparents paid everything. Oh. Literally, I didn't, I didn't even... My grandparents didn't want me to work so I could sit and focus on school. Make great grades. Just make great grades on paper. <laughs> and I was Photoshopping them. And, you know, there's a formula to the GPA, so I figured that out. And, you know, always taking these shortcuts um, until they caught me one day. And How'd I, they catch you? Okay, so rookie mistake. I was on my, I was back home in California, and my grandpa knew something was up, but he never called me out about it until this point. And he was like, "I want to see a full transcript of your grades." And I'm like, oh, "I don't know how I'm gonna Photoshop this when they have all the watermarks on them." And so <laughs> I downloaded to go back and figure it out, but I downloaded it instead of on my. Like, you know how computers have different usernames? Mm -hmm. I was on my grandpa's instead of my own. And so it downloaded into his downloads. And I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, it's just going to be another day, whatever. Um, and I'm just on vacation, so I'm only there for like a week or so. And I walk into my kitchen and we have an island that you can, that like he would always sit like when I was in high school, like chores out or money out or whatever I needed to look at. And all I see is a real transcript of my grades. Oh, shit. And he had printed it out. And in that moment, my heart was, <laughs> like, in my feet, like, on the ground. Like, my stomach was just in my throat. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. That was my first thought, right? It wasn't, okay, I'm going to come clean, going to handle this properly. How can I lie my way how out of this? How can I lie my way out of this full proof evidence that he has that I've been lying to him for a year. So he called to the school and got it or went online and got it? He, I downloaded it onto his Oh, download you downloaded your actual one. and you never changed it. No, it was I didn't know. It. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I know. It was meant to be. It was, I was meant to be caught. Right? Because this is starting to be in the point where I'm, I'm were able you gonna to. Fake, were you going to fake graduation? I, How, what was I, the I, end point of this? Like, were you going <laughs> to Pay somebody else so you could walk. Like there's gonna get it's there's gonna come a time where you gotta fucking like pay up, you know what I mean? They're gonna be like, all right now, so you've been there four years, you graduate, oh what happened was the way my checking and savings account works. <laughs> <laughs> you like the way my bank account is well, the way your bank account is set up. So Yeah, no, I um you know, if I'm being honest, I never gave it a full thought <laughs> ever. 
I was only worried about that moment. Mm-hmm. Ever. I didn't. <laughs> but knowing me, I would have taken the length to walk. <laughs> Honestly. Just all the way just through. All the way you through. like sneak in. Yeah, and just fake my entire and like live this life for the rest of my life. Jesus. <laughs> so you're, you, you get called. You're kicked out of college. Mm-hmm. What happens next? I so they were happy that because I didn't know what to do, right? I wasn't gonna work because they had told me not to work while going to school, and they didn't know I wasn't going to school, so I wasn't gonna go to work. And so I decided to enroll in community college classes because that's all I knew what to do was be a student. Um, I didn't have any life experience doing anything else. It was just school all the time. And um, so they were happy about that, but they decided, and I begged and pleaded with them to let me stay in Arizona and make things right. But I didn't have a plan. And I didn't give them any, I might have given them some phony plan. I I don't remember, honestly. Um, But they let me stay down in Arizona. And I was able to... Um, I was able to slowly get caught up in more stuff that was getting me in trouble. (laughs) Honestly, like I just kept getting in trouble. Um, and so... Just kept doing drugs and drinking. Yeah. How old are you at this point? At this point, right when I got caught, I was, let's see... Started college in 2012, failed out in 2014. They caught me in 2015. So I'm 2020, 20, 1920, um, just right around, right around that age. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was partying a lot still. Um, I hadn't told any of my friends either that I had been living in, in not going to ASU. They all thought I was going to ASU still. Oh, so you're lying to everybody. Everybody. No, wow. no, like nobody knew. Fully ever. Did anybody even know you? No. And I don't think that would have been possible for the fact that I didn't know who I was. But you were never truly honest with, I mean, you weren't honest with yourself, but you were never truly honest with anyone else either. No, not my friends. Not my closest friends that are still my friends today. Mm. Not my family. So what, uh, I know personally what that change for you of actually being honest with people was, but... Like, kind of give people a, an explanation of, like, the surmise of the, the old Claudia into the new Claudia. Just a general description of, like, what happened? Like, what, what caused you to finally, that moment where you were just sitting there and you were like, dude, this is fucked and I'm fucked and I don't know what to do and I got to do something fucking different? Man. That's a really good question. Um... I think that the turning point for me into changing who I am today, who's talking to you, is the fact that I was forced through the courts to be around people that looked happy. Oh, so you got you got caught? Oh, yeah. I had a DUI. Oh. Yeah, I got a DUI three months after I turned 21 in a car that I had manipulated my grandparents into getting by falsifying my grades. Uh And so um, I ended up having to do some time in Tent City. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thug life. Thug life. 
Um, and I had gotten caught on a drug diversion program. So they sent me, they were going to send me to a government facility rehab or whatever to do 20 hours. And I had already been placed in a spot where I knew somewhere, a private place. And, um, I was just surrounded by different people that looked happy, like genuinely happy. Like real happiness. Like real happiness. Not, not what I thought I had been faking this entire time. Like you can look at, like there's certain people that see in the world and you're like, you're, you're authentically happy. Like you're genuinely happy with yourself. You're genuinely happy with where you are in life. You know, there might be some bumps in the road, but day to day life seems pretty good for you. Um, and I saw that and I think for me, that was my turning point was to see that it was, I didn't have to be angry. Mm. Um, there was a way to get out of that. And, um, but I didn't know how to get it, right? So I just kind of hung around those people. But I, was, I would also go back to my college friends, you know, um, and just be like, oh yeah, I have to do this for the courts. And I ended up um, just getting immersed in this life of, around people who <laughs> were just happy. They looked like they knew what they were doing like they could do life, right? And I had never in my entire life felt like I was in this place where I knew where I was going, ever. So I think that that was one of the biggest things for me, for the turning point. Where are you going? Wherever the wind takes me. What's that mean? I think I... I'm in this place of being able to be surrounded by some amazing people um, who come from all different walks of life, who have all of these different expertise and facets of their life that they thrive in, whether that be creative or environmental or just trying to be a good parent, you know, or just trying to find, like I, I, I see people and they're just trying to find themselves too, or wherever their wind takes them, right? And to me, I let, I guess like I would let the experience that I put myself in to determine where I go. Uh-huh. Um, because for me, that's really important because like if I get stuck on, okay, so like there's a end point to here and this is how I'm gonna get there. Um, start checking boxes again. Start checking boxes again. That was my, that's my, been my biggest thing because my entire life, I always, there was check boxes, but there's nothing in between. I never paid attention to it. I was never aware of it. I didn't have any feeling of wanting to know what the meat inside the fucking sandwich it's a waste was. Of time. Yeah, it is. As long as I can get to graduating college, then I'm successful. As long as I have that white picket fence because I never had one. And... As long as I have those things. Even though you did have one. I did. You actually did have a pretty white picket fence, comparatively to me. I think back in my life, and I'm like, God damn, that shit's sick. I wish somebody paid for my fucking college, you know what I mean? And it's all, but it's all like relative to your, your perspective at the time. 
And it's like when people talk about like the, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get the job, and then I'm going to get the car, and then I'm going to get the girl, and then I'm going to get the house, and then I'm going to get the money, and then I'm going to retire at, in Sun City, and I'm going to play golf, and then I'm going to die. And Sun City's like the retirement village around here. You wanted to retire in Sun City? I don't, but people, like that's a lot of, I, I believe that a lot of us get stuck, even myself included, I get stuck or I was stuck in this mindset of like, the next the quest for the next mm -hmm. and it's always like i like to call it the uh the championship uh paradigm right like let's say you were an equestrian mm -hmm. right so there's like a there must be like some like equestrian like thing you have to win every year okay right yeah there's this thing that you prepare all year for mm -hmm. right all year right you prepare for this 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 one event and if i win this thing this is like the best thing ever, right? So you prepare all year, you practice, you put in hours. I'm talking endless hours, days, weeks, turn into months for this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then you win it. What next? And then you're happy for two minutes, maybe two days, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, maybe a whole month. And then all of a sudden, what are you doing next year? Preparing again. So you're always in the quest, right? You're always practicing, preparing for this thing that you get, that you enjoy for a brief moment of time to just go back to prepare again. And the problem with that is, is that I'm missing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm missing the large chunk of my life where the preparation is where I spend most of my life. And for me, it's this, pro it's this process of being present and enjoying preparation. Because that's like the, the cool part about climbing the mountain and getting to the top. The cool part about climbing the mountain is the time that it takes to climb the mountain. Mm -hmm. Because that's what makes getting it special is the fact that I put in a bunch of hard work to get there. So I might as well just start enjoying hard work if yeah. that's where I'm going to be spending most of my time. You know what I mean? And I think we get in that, the chase after that thing that we think is going to bring us whatever we're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. um, joy or uh, validation or love or attention or affection or an easy life you know i'm gonna work hard to get to an easy life if i just work hard then i'll get to the point of where my life is easier and it's like that doesn't make sense because if you're working hard to get to this point then you are gonna have to continue to work hard to stay at this point yeah. and work even harder to get to the next point so if that's what i'm looking for is to work hard to get to this thing so i don't have to work hard anymore then I'm thinking wrong. Either I need to stop working hard and just accept the fact that I'm never going to fucking work hard and that's where I'm going to stay, or I'm going to have to accept the fact that I'm going to have to quotation marks around work hard for the rest of my life. And I might as well enjoy that if that's what I want. So I think about that. But so for you, you graduate college, you find these happy people. What happens to what's Claudia now? Who are you? You're not looking for an endpoint. You don't want to check boxes. We just went through that. Mm -hmm. You're kind of living in the, the flow of life. Do you have goals, aspirations, dreams? Do you have what? what what's the, what do you live for today? Why do you open your eyes in the morning? These are some really good questions. Yeah, they're just all point. Yeah, no, yeah. These are really good questions. Um, I think what the goals that I'm always working towards 
today, if there's not going to be an endpoint, if there's not going to be a checkbox, it's how can I be a better person today? Like if I'm looking like five years down the road, 10 years down the road, there's like good like five year plans and 10 year plans to be looking towards. But the only way that I'm going to get to that is today. Uh And for me, I have to give myself a lot of grace throughout the day because I still have my grandpa in my head pushing me all the time to be better or I'm not good enough or all of these different things. So it's quieting those things down and giving myself some grace and giving myself some permission to have flexibility within my day. Gotcha. And in my life. And so those are the kinds of things where I'm just, I have to work on those things and somehow I'm going to get to this beautiful place because I've already gone to such a beautiful place in my life by doing that. Why not keep going and doing that? You know, I take, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's like I have to, there's so many different things to balance, right? So with work, I want to be the best worker that I can be and work hard, right? Um, and in my life and in the different things that I do, I want to be able to be authentically me through what I've found and the work that I've done. And the, I have to give my pers- myself permission to change also. I don't think I ever gave myself permission to change when I was younger. I always thought that this is who I'm gonna be and I can't change it and it's so rigid. And so in my day-to-day life, the people that I've met and the people that I surround myself with give me the opportunities to be myself, to be authentically me and to get to take ventures that I don't think would be presented to me if I hadn't have been who I was in that moment of meeting those people. 100%. And so that is really, to me, it's the day-to-day things that keep me going and keep me waking up in the morning, right? Um, And working at those things. I'm not perfect. What? I know. That's crazy. I hate I hate saying that. Um, really? But I hate saying that. But I love saying that. I, I have a hate love relationship with it now. If we circle back, maybe in however long or whatever about that, I might say that I love to say that I'm not perfect. But I still have those old ideas and these old ways of thinking in my head that like I have to work hard to be good enough to do all of these different things and to work on a day to day basis to allow myself to be me. Right? We just had a conversation about that, and I th- I've been thinking about it since we had that conversation about being authentically me in every single facet of my life, right? Whether that's I'm at volleyball, or I'm rock climbing, or I'm with my friends, or I'm with authority figures, or if I'm at work, or if I'm at, um, if I'm with my grandparents. That's my hardest one, is being authentically me with my grandparents, because it, there's such a disconnect between us, because we're so far away that our relationship a lot is on the phone Uh and so to every day try to be vulnerable especially with the people that have had my back since the beginning but i've also hurt them the most is the is a very difficult task and so where i'm going i have no idea and i think it's a milestone to say that i'm all right with that Uh That's where that's where I see my hard work. Pay that's off. sick, though. It's 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 unbelievably 
I don't know if contentful is a word, but it's it, it contentful. Is contentful. It is now. It is now. Lock Just like in. conversate. Um, but I'm content with myself, and those are the goals that I have every day: is to be con- to be contentful, to be authentic, to conversate, to conversate, uh-huh. and I think to collaborate. Uh-huh. Those are the people I want in my life, because being out here, being an only child, and having my family live in California, my friends are my family, Uh and I take them very, very seriously, and those are the people who push me every day to be a better me, because I've surrounded myself with amazing people. Or to authentically be you. Yes, including you. Appreciate that. Of course, and I take those friendships really, really seriously, right? Um, Because I want people in my life to help me grow as a person. Where that may be, I have no idea. I was just, I wanted to bring this up, because I found it really, really cool, is I was watching this docu-series on Netflix, since we're supposedly supposed to be quarantining, and... It was, it's called Abstract, and it's a design series. And this really, really smart person who, she's the designer, she, it's about bioarchitecture, you should check it out. But she said something to me, and she was like, all is expected, all is known, but give yourself permission to change on the dime. Mm. And to me, it just spoke, because it's like, just give yourself some flexibility to not be so rigid. Mm-hmm. You know, and let these opportunities allow you to gain experiences that you can now put in your back pocket to help yourself be a better person and to look back on and like, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? What can I expect from this? And how can I utilize this experience in order to better myself however long down the road? Because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, ten, there's like 10 million things that can happen. Right. So for me, it's like, what can I do in the present moment to experience the things that have given me the opportunities to have those experiences? And how can I utilize this to move forward? It's good stuff. Yeah. It's a good breakdown. So what advice do you have out there for anybody that's that might be struggling with uh, being themselves or allowing themselves to grow or giving themselves permission to just be who they truly are authentically or even giving themselves permission if they don't know who they authentically are to find themselves and maybe for the people who have. Try everything. 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 Kill a man. Kill a man. Just, just kill him. Just. Fuck it. Claudia told me to try everything. <laughs> ah! Take it the way you want it. But for me, Okay, so for me, the biggest thing about giving myself permission to do whatever it is or to be authentically me was what was holding me back behind the curtain was the fear of not being accepted, Mm. was the fear of not being liked, of the fear of if I show who I really am, you're going to abandon me. All of these different fears, right? Like I'm just riddled with fear constantly. And it's very, it's subsided a lot over the years. But what's great about it is that I'm aware of it, right? And I've 
it's been years of practice of here and there being authentically me being in a, in a room full of people that I trust right because I've built up these relationships right um, and even before I even trusted them I think that's how I gain trust with people also is just showing who I am and what I'm about and like what how my process of thinking is and um, when I start little by little dropping these little I don't want to say nuances, but like these little pieces of me into the conversation or like I will say something that's so uncomfortable to me because it's so vulnerable and I'm so scared because I'm scared you're going to judge it or I'm scared you're going to attack my personal character and I do it and I, and I don't get it. <laughs> and it's the most amazing feeling to just try it, to just, okay, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. And I just keep on going. And what if somebody judges it, though? If somebody... And that's happened to me before, you know. Um, and for me, the good outweighs the bad today. I have now left the thought and the promise to myself, and I've abandoned it, that I would be angry for the rest of my life. Because I've learned from all of the experiences and being aware of all of these experiences that when I am angry about something, it's just messing me up in my train of thinking because that person, whoever is judge, whoever judged that, I'm laying in bed three o'clock in the morning just thinking about what should I have said? What should I have said differently? Why does this person think that? What do they think of me? Like all of these, like I'm sure that you've had that, like where you're just laying in bed and you're like, it's like shower thoughts. Uh-huh. Or like when you're playing out an argument, like, oh, I should have said this and I should have said this and I should have said this, you know, but you didn't. So that's not the reality of it. So all you're doing is torturing yourself. And so what I was doing was I was realizing that all I was doing was torturing myself. And that person that was sitting on the couch or wherever we were who judged my vulnerability and my authentic me, they were probably sitting in bed worrying about themselves or they were sleeping and not worrying about that one thing that that person said yesterday that took two seconds to say and just went about their day, right? But I'm all torn up about it. And so I'm the prisoner of my own thinking at this point. And so for me, it's being aware of that and being able to know like, what is that feeling versus, what is that feeling of, what is that feeling of being authentically me and being accepted versus how much do I rack my brain over not being accepted? or being judged, or all of these different Welcome. things. Exactly. Welcome. Those are the kinds of people that I'm able to say, and I have allowed myself the permission to not be friends with everyone. Right? It's okay if some people don't like you it's when you're okay. being yourself. But then you get to be surrounded by people who like you for being yourself. And who will push you to grow. And to help you be the person that you don't know who's, like I don't know who I'm gonna be next year. You know, I have no idea, but I'm excited to meet them. And it's only through the people that when I'm authentically me, you know, you, that's a, I think that's the basis of my point is like the people who are going to judge me, I don't need them in my life and your judgments don't matter. The people who aren't going to judge me, but are going to have my back and be able to hold me accountable and give me clarification on things that I probably don't see yet. Like how we had that conversation. Those are the people I want in my life because I know that my best interest 
is in like how do i say this like you want the best for me and i truly believe that and i want the best for you and so i'm not going to tell you meaning like oh this and that but like we can have a conversation about it and be able to grow from it and learn because like if wherever my thinking is today was the top of the peak of my thinking then the rest is downhill and it sucks <laughs> right mm-hmm. um so always trying to obtain new knowledge and the way that i've obtained new knowledge is by new experiences and that's why i say try everything i have tried so many things in the past few years that i never thought i would do and i've learned what i like what i don't like and i've been able to somehow piece together a part of what Claudia authentically looks like. You never get to the top of the mountain, but you enjoy the view the whole way up. Always. 100%. Always. So, final question for the day. If Claudia now could go back in time, hop in a time machine, and travel back to Claudia at nine years old, you got one minute, what do you tell her? What advice do you give her? I think it would be to, like, I would tell her that not everybody in the world is out to get her. Mm-hmm. And that not everybody out in the world is here on this planet to lead. There are people in this world that really, really care about me. Um, and you as a little girl. And trust those people but also to don't hold back on being you because at nine what happened to me was I just stopped living my own life because I didn't know where to even turn to after my grandmother had passed away and so after she, I would just tell her to just keep being herself. Because that nine-year-old girl, I'm starting to find again. Uh. At the age I, I'm 25 now. And I'm starting, I made this connection like not too long ago that um, I'm getting back to being that little girl before my grandmother passed away and it's 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 moving because that when I was little I like I always tell like people always tell me they're like be be a kid you know because I never had that childhood so just live out that childhood enjoy it that's what's up it's good advice yeah so uh this episode will be dropping on uh, ConsciousDog.com, Apple Music, um, any podcast platforms that you use, Google Play. Um, and also check out our Instagram at ConsciousStoic. Check out our Twitter at ConsciousStoic. And check us out on Facebook and like our page, ConsciousStoic Media, at ConsciousStoic Media. And where can, we, where can people reach you at? You got an Instagram handle? Yes, I have Instagram. And my handle is Mad Claudes with a Z. Mad Claudes with a Z. Yeah. DM her, ask her some questions. Yeah, feel free. 
Um, and uh, I hope you guys have a great afternoon. And thank you, Claudia, for being on our episode. Thank you for asking me. This was great. All right, guys, have a good night.